started. We got no hopium today, okay? No hopium. I mean, we got some hope, but no false hope, okay? Uh, Yesterday was not a very good day for conservatives for several reasons. The first one, obviously, being that they arrested the former president of the United States. Uh, The rule of law has completely gone out the window. Um, And we also had two very consequential elections, one in Chicago and one in Wisconsin. They basically replaced one uh, Marxist piece of shit with another in Chicago. And the uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court just flipped from conservative to liberal. Now, I'm going to talk about all of this. And you're definitely going to want to stick around until the end. Because we have some fraud to talk about out there in Wisconsin. It looks like the deep state uh, actually rigged this election by setting up a gigantic bribery scheme to, fl- to flip the Supreme Court. And Janelle Branchin was actually calling this out way back in February. So maybe some of you guys have already seen this, but uh, today was the first time that I saw it. So uh, we're going to cover all this. For, we, we've, we've definitely got some updates regarding the Trump situation as well. Uh, you know, we, we covered the speech last night at Mar-a-Lago, but there's a couple things that I missed. One of them being the fact that the same day of Trump's arraignment, Stormy Daniels had to pay Trump another $120,000 uh, due to a decision in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And we also have uh, another bombshell exposing this judge, Judge Merchant, for being a complete and total Trump hater. So we got a lot to talk about. Make sure to smash that like button. And also, check out NickLovesGold.com, because right now, there's a proxy war between Ukraine and Russia. Inflation's through the roof. We're $32 trillion of debt. Countries are ditching the U.S. dollar, and former U.S. presidents are getting arrested uh, for stupid things. So it's safe to say that things are not looking too good for the future, and it could get a lot, lot worse. Uh, We could be headed for the biggest financial crisis in history, so don't wait until it's too late. Gold and precious metals have stood the test of time during economic turmoil, and that's why they call it the gold standard. If you have $50,000 or more saved for retirement, then talk to your friends, talk to our friends over at GoldCo. They're patriots like you and me, and they've already helped thousands of Americans use an IRS loophole to protect their retirement savings. Visit nicklovesgold.com right now to get your free IRS loophole kit, protect your retirement savings, and you could get up to $10,000 in free silver just for doing it. We could be looking at a future worse than 2008, so don't wait Go to nicklovesgold.com. That's nicklovesgold.com. All right. So, uh, yeah, again, we, we, we covered this speech last night at Mar-a-Lago, and we talked a lot beforehand about the indictment. Um, Bragg, as we know, is charging Trump with 34 counts of business fraud in the first degree. And, you know, basically he's just copy-pasted the same charge 34 times. All of these uh, installment payments between Michael Cohen and Trump, each individually are being counted as separate felonies. <clears throat> now, we know business fraud in the first degree uh, re- requires Bragg to explain how Trump concealed payments in order to cover up another crime. You know, Bragg is tasked with taking misdemeanor uh, business fraud and ratcheting it up to a felony. And in order to do that, he has to prove that Trump concealed these payments in order to cover up another crime. But the thing is, You know, as we discussed yesterday, the indictment, the statement of facts, and in in Bragg's uh, statement to the press, there is no mention anywhere of what the actual felony is. (laughs) So, 
Nobody knows. Nobody knows what legal theory Bragg is using to turn these misdemeanors into felonies. And the reason is obvious, and it's because there's absolutely no case here. He's not listing the felony, the actual statute that Trump allegedly violated, because he can't, because he knows it'll get destroyed. No matter which way he turns, no matter which legal theory he tries to use, he has absolutely no case. And everybody knows it. Um, But you already know, this isn't about convicting Trump. I mean, they're probably going to convict Trump. Um, but, but this is never going to survive an appeal. But what they've done is they've gotten Trump in front of a Manhattan jury, in front of a Trump-hating judge, and he's being prosecuted by a Soros district attorney. So, of course, it, they're easily going to find a conviction here. But, you know, obviously it's going to get uh, uh, appealed and then overturned at the appellate stage. But they're not going to allow that to happen before the actual election. They're going to drag this out all the way through the election. The next hearing for this case isn't until December 4th. So they're going to drag this out for two years and get a guilty conviction in Manhattan, probably just before the actual general election, and make it so the decision doesn't get overturned until afterwards. And the same could be said about all these grand juries that are uh, planning to indict Trump, the one in Georgia, Jack Smith. They're all going to indict him soon. And then these cases are going to go on until, uh, you know, just before the election, they'll get the guilty verdict, and then there won't be time for Trump to appeal it before the general election. That's what I think is going on here. And uh, I'm almost 100% sure of it, considering the fact that, um, well, we we exposed yesterday that this judge who's presiding over the case, his daughter actually worked on Kamala Harris's campaign. But it actually gets worse because the Gateway Pundit has also revealed that this judge, Judge Merchant, he also uh, himself is is a Trump hater with TDS. And he made political contributions to two Democrat PACs, one called Stop the Republicans and another called Biden for President. So this is a leftist judge with TDS. And we know that he has it out for Trump because he found Alan Weisselberg guilty for tax fraud. So this this is a judge with a huge conflict of interest. A massive conflict of interest. He's literally, he literally contributed to a PAC that sole purpose was to elect Joe Biden. Now, the campaign contributions, they, they're not that much. It's like $15, but it, it really doesn't matter. It shows that this judge is not impartial whatsoever. Um, And so the the Manhattan jury is heavily Democrat. The, the, The prosecutor is funded by George Soros and campaigned on getting Trump. And the judge contributed to PACs to elect Joe Biden. You can't make this shit up, ladies and gentlemen. This is, we are living in a banana republic, man. But everybody sees it. Everybody knows that that's what this is about. And I really, really, really hope that that matters. We know that Trump is surging in popularity within the Republican Party, but there's a lot of pollsters out there saying that while he's surging in popularity with the the Republicans, the independents, the moderates, they are not, uh, you know, they're, they're looking at this like, well, I don't want a convicted felon. 
you know, uh, to be the president. I really hope, I really hope that Americans are not this stupid. I really, truly do. This is so blatant. It's so obvious. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know what to believe. I don't know if Americans are, are truly stupid or if we're just being gaslighted and this is the narrative that they're setting um, because it's it's really, be- for me, it's easy to believe that what they're planning to do here is allow Trump to secure the Republican nomination and then go on to the 2024 uh, general election and then they rig it against Trump and they tell us all, well, that's because, uh, you know, while he was popular in the Republican Party, the independents, the moderates, they hated him. So it's your fault for making him the Republican frontrunner. You know, that's that's something I can see happening. So, anyways, uh, let's talk about this. <laughs> I missed this one yesterday. God, this is so pathetic, man. Think about the lunacy here. All of this, this, uh, this, this, this case... Bragg's case hinges on this hoe, this hoe who's extorted the president multiple times and attempted to go after him for defamation and lost. She is now being forced to pay $120,000 more. I think the grand total at this point, I think she owes Trump like over $600,000. So your, your, your whole plan to extort Trump, you know, and enrich yourself. How's that going, you little hoe? This is insane, but uh, <laughs> while everybody was focused on, on what was going on in Manhattan, this was happening the same day. Stormy Daniels ordered the pay Trump team another $120,000 in legal fees. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals sided with the former president in his effort to recoup additional legal fees, fees from adult film star Stormy Daniels, who had filed and lost a defamation suit against him. Daniels was ordered to pay Trump's attorneys just over 120,000 in legal fees fees that's on top of the more than 500,000 in court ordered payments to Trump attorneys she's already been ordered to pay so yeah 620,000 dollars in total she is the worst prostitute in history i don't think there's ever been a prostitute that's been forced to pay the john right but you, you, i mean you're talking about over half a million dollars that she's having to pay trump Daniels had sued Trump in 2018 after he called an allegation by Daniels that an um, that an unknown man... So she claimed that an unknown man threatened her in a parking lot to keep quiet about her affair with Trump, and Trump called it a total con job. So she sued for defamation and completely lost, and is now being forced to pay Trump over half a million dollars because, obviously, Trump is protected by the First Amendment. But this was an obvious attempt to extort Donald Trump, the president at the time. This was this happened in 2018. She was trying to extent, uh, extort the sitting president with this BS defamation suit, and she has lost, and she just continues to lose more. And you know, you want to know what a filthy pos that this little hoe bag is. While this is happening, her 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 comeback, her comeback is this. And no pun intended when I say come back. Listen to what this little skank said on Twitter. Y'all keep saying, quote, come dumpster like it's a bad thing. It's definitely more fun being under my sexy man instead of under arrest. This is the filth that she's posting on Twitter. Guys, do you realize how insane this country looks right now? 
The former president is on trial right now from some washed-up porn star hoe, right? And, and in the middle of it, she's bragging on Twitter about being a cum dumpster. Now, I know my evangelical boomers out there are probably not too thrilled about uh, me pulling this up and, and speaking this sort of language, but guys, you just have to see how how <laughs> how absurd everything is, man. This hoe, this hoe is bragging about being a cum dumpster on Twitter, man. And she thinks this is a burn. She thinks this is a burn. Imagine be <laughs> Imagine the courts say, "You're you're a prostitute, right? You're an adult film star, and you are you have absolutely no morals, no standards, and so you're trying to extort the president, and the courts are saying you have to pay him $620,000." And you're on Twitter bragging about being a cum dumpster, man. Oh, my God. I don't even know how she has time to tweet, man. She's got to be knee-deep in Wiener right now, trying to trying to make rent, trying to cover. <laughs> like, shouldn't you be making more films? Like, how do you have to? <laughs> God. God, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. <laughs> this world is so crazy, dude. Oh, my God. I've, oh. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm losing it right now. I've been in a silly goose mood ever since Behizzy came on my show last night. You know, you guys asked me to bring Behizzy on to be a guest. And we were supposed to cover the press conference at Mar-a-Lago. And we ended up talking about how Mike Pence is gay. And we were talking about QAnon. And <laughs> how uh, 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 Behizzy <laughs> loves Lynn Wood. And all. it just divulged into... Uh, a major joke session, but it really, you know, amidst all this insanity, it was really, you know, they say laughter is the best medicine. So, so forgive me for pulling this up and just, oh, and check this. It gets even better. So check this out. So people were obviously making fun of her for thinking that this is a burn. Uh, and so the top comment here is from Liquid Binary TTV, who says, I bet your husband thinks about every man you've made a film with every time he summons the courage to sex you. And so she responds and says, why don't you ask him yourself? Hey, at Barrett Blade 777 I guess that's her husband. Are you so insecure that you worry about this? So she's trying to call on her husband to, like, back her up and say how proud of her that she is, or that he is, that she's a a freaking hoe <laughs> and say that he doesn't care that she literally sleeps with other men and he didn't respond <laughs> he didn't respond <laughs> imagine tagging your husband to back you up as as everybody's bashing you for being a a a, a moralless hoe and he doesn't even back you up he doesn't even come in and respond oh my god you know you know that she cried over that Oh, my God. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, so let's talk about this election in Chicago. Um, As we said in the beginning of the show last night, Chicago traded one radical socialist piece of crap for another, and this is absolutely insane. Uh, Guys, if you still live in Chicago, okay, I'm begging you to just please get out of that communist hellhole while you're still alive because uh, if you think things are bad now, They are about to get way, way worse. This guy, Brandon Johnson, that that won the election allegedly last night, literally campaigned on defunding the police. 
and white hate and saying America's a systemically racist country. This guy, he doesn't he doesn't just want to defund the police. He wants to abolish the police. This guy was endorsed by Bernie Sanders and he is a super progressive radical Marxist with I mean I mean he he puts Lori Lightfoot to shame. He makes her look like a conservative. And of course I'm calling out fraud on this one because we're talking about Chicago which is literally ground zero for illegal ballot harvesting. I don't believe that even the even the idiots that still live in Chicago would vote for this. I don't believe it for a second. You know, Chicago's where Saul Alinsky, who wrote that book, Rules for Radicals, he was, uh, you know, Obama and Hillary Clinton are predecessors of Saul Alinsky. And, you know, he's the guy that founded the Industrial Area Foundation, and, you know, that, that Chicago is where Barack Obama rose to prominence as an organizer, as a disciple of Saul Alinsky. So, so I don't think Chicago has had a fair election in like 50 years. And this guy getting elected makes absolutely no damn sense. There's a reason I pulled up this article. This is an old article from back in February when uh, Lightfoot lost her bid for a, a second term. And look what they said. Look what the look what the media said when Lori Lightfoot lost. They said Mary Lori Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago lost her bid for a second term on Tuesday, a resounding defeat that reflected widespread dissatisfaction from voters over her handling of crime and policing in the nation's third largest city. So let's get this straight. The media told us that the reason Lori Lightfoot lost is because she allowed her city to get overrun by violent thugs. Violent crime hit a 25-year high in 2021. You know, the summer of love where BLM and Antifa destroyed the entire city and Lightfoot basically just enabled it. Well, they, they said that she lost because the people of Chicago felt unsafe. So let's get this straight. If that's the reason why Lori Lightfoot lost her re-election bid, then how the hell did she just get replaced by Brandon Johnson who wants to abolish the police? That makes no logical sense. The dude said that he wants to cut the Chicago police budget by $150 million when they're already 1,600 officers short. They can't fill these positions. No, th- these, these, these officers, during the summer of love, which is you know, an, an oxymoron. It's not it, the summer of rage, really. Um, there was like a thousand officers that resigned. They just couldn't take it anymore. They were, you know, they were being uh, subjected to violence. They were forced to work long hours. I mean, these, these, these guys were working like 11 days in a row, 12 hour shifts, no breaks whatsoever. They were burnout and um, they, they, they quit. So there's a massive shortage of officers already, right? <clears throat> and uh, here, you like, crime is out of control in Chicago. It's like a third world country out there. People are getting murdered every single weekend. And here you have a guy who is running on abolishing the police. And they're telling us that this guy just won. That doesn't make any sense. And I'm going to tell you my theory on this. And it might shock you. I think that the reason that this guy won is because um, I think I think that Lori Lightfoot wasn't radical enough. 
Like, you guys might think that the radical left loves Lori Lightfoot because she allowed her city to get destroyed and for criminals to take over. But I swear that these people don't think Lori Lightfoot is radical enough. You know, she she won uh, initially in an epic landslide because she made promise, promises to the radical left to reform, um, reform police and defund the police and all this stuff. But when the George Floyd riots happened... They were calling on her to deliver on her promises to abolish the police, and she didn't do that. So they actually turned on her. There was BLM protesters outside of her house during the Summer of Love because they were saying that you know she was all talk and she didn't deliver. They were calling for her resignation. There were protests when she had speaking engagements. The BLM activists, uh, they like protested. And they said, you know, civil unrest isn't going to stop until she actually abolishes the police. Well, what she did after, you know, she felt threatened, she felt like her life was at risk, was she actually increased the budget to the Chicago Police Department by 7% because she was scared. So, again, they thought she, you know, she, she did all this talking to get elected, and then she didn't deliver. And to us, you know, she seems like a damn psychopath. Beetlejuice, like a a, a supervillain, turning her city into freaking Gotham City. But to them, she's not radical enough. So, we're, we were out here celebrating her defeat back in February. You know, and meanwhile, they were planning to replace her with somebody worse. The gigantic money machine with the Democrat Party and George Soros... They were planning to toss her to the curb and replace her with somebody way, way worse, and that's exactly what they did. This dude, uh, uh, Johnson, straight up believes we should abolish all law enforcement completely. Now, his opponent, Paul Vallis, was endorsed by the Chicago Police Department. They really wanted him to win, you know, because this guy, Paul Vallis, even though he ran as a Democrat, was actually pretty moderate and he, I mean he was damn near a Republican but on the other hand this guy Brandon Johnson was endorsed by the teachers union so that tells you everything you need to know and the Chicago Police Department were so scared of this guy getting elected that they pledged a, over a thousand officers pledged to immediately resign if he gets elected because they knew if that happens basically they're screwed and they've they've had enough. They're not going to stick around to see what happens because they already see the writing on the wall. If this guy gets elected, I'm out. So the Chicago Police Department is already massively understaffed due to the flood of resignations that followed the Summer of Love. And now there's going to be a thousand more resigning. So they're twenty. They're going to be twenty six hundred cops short, and the only cops that are going to be left are going to be severely overworked, exhausted, underpaid, burnout, and eventually they're going to resign as well. And Chicago's just going to divulge further into a lawless uh, hellhole, a third world country. You know, it's, it's, it's going to get way, way, way worse. So if you live in Chicago, get the hell out of there while you still can. Now, let's talk about this Wisconsin Supreme Court race. As you guys know, uh, we, we covered this many times uh, leading up to this election, how consequential this was. 
And Scott Pressler was trying to sound the alarm. He was doing interviews on Steve Bannon. He spent over a month out in Wisconsin trying to get out the vote. He was encouraging people to vote by mail. He was doing everything that he could to register voters and turn people out. But last night, the, the, the Wisconsin Supreme Court flipped from conservative to liberal. So now they have a single vote majority. Um, the Democrats have a single vote majority. Janet Protozuics, I think that's how you pronounce it. I really don't care. Um, she defeated Dan Kelly by a whopping 13 points either 13 or 11 points, something like that, but it wasn't even close. And this is a major hit to election integrity. This Janet chick campaigned on redistricting. She said the election maps in Wisconsin are gerrymandered to benefit the Republicans, so she's going to be looking to redistrict everything in a way that benefits the Democrats. And, you know, voter ID is going to be reaching the Supreme Court um, she's, she's definitely going to strike that down. She's going to be, you know, bringing drop boxes back, ballot harvesting, and, you know, you're going to have mass scale ballot harvesting with drop boxes and no voter ID. So <laughs> election integrity is out the window in Wisconsin, at least, um, you know, in, in, in the future for the next election. I mean, and I'm sure I'm sure the swamp asses out there like Robin Voss are, are, are very happy because, let's remember, you know, Robin Voss conspired with Megan Wolf to implement the drop boxes in the first place, and he was not very happy to see them go. You know, so he's he's happy to see this flip in the Supreme Court, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, since he got reelected to House Speaker, he has shut down every single election reform bill that they've tried to pass, you know, the Republicans have the majority, but Robin Voss has been standing in the way, and now he's got the assistance of a liberal Supreme Court on his side. So yeah, Wisconsin elections are, are completely screwed. This is going to have a major impact on 2024. Now, I, I'm not going to go full doomer like some people have, saying, I don't see a path to victory in 2024. I'm not going to go that far, but I do think this is really, really bad. And not just for election integrity, but also for the Second Amendment, medical tyranny, uh, the unborn babies that are going to be killed because uh, this chick campaigned on abortion. Check this out. Uh, Breitbart put out an article about this. Protozoics notably leaned into her left-wing worldview while campaigning, decrying the state's election maps as rigged and accusing the U.S. Supreme Court of incorrectly deciding the Dobbs decision. Her victory means she will likely get to weigh in on a challenge to the state's 1849 abortion ban, which went into effect after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. She said, quote, I can tell you with certainty that if I'm elected on April 4th, I'm sure that we will be looking, I am sure we will be looking at that 1849 law. Protozoics said at a campaign stop in March, adding that she believes... And a woman's right to choose. Now, I'm pretty sure that it's illegal for uh, justices that are, you know, going to be on the ballot to weigh in on issues that they're likely to make a decision upon. But pretty clearly, she's making it obvious that she's uh, pro-choice. <clears throat> now, this is really bad. This is this is pretty bad. Not only this, not only for this reason, but she's also an enabler of rapists. Greg Price put this out. 
Um, this is what Wisconsin liberal Supreme Court candidate Jeanette Protozoic said in court about a 23-year-old man who raped his 14-year-old cousin. She said, quote, I don't think you did anything other than engage in a crime of opportunity and hopefully you've learned your lesson. Holy shit. Holy crap. This is another one of these justices that enables rapists and pedophiles and obviously this is going to have a significant impact on crime in Wisconsin. Um, now the question is, how, how did they do it? You know, how did the Democrats win again when it seemed like all the odds were against them? Well, you know, the Democrats, of course, are out there thanking Gen Z for getting out the vote and stepping up to protect abortion rights. And uh, to some degree, I do believe that they got Gen Z to turn up for this one in record numbers. And, and the reason is because there was more money pumped into this race than any judicial race in American history. Any judicial race in American history. So they knew how important this race was, and they poured the money in. Uh, uh, Of course, among the big donors for this race was George Soros, who gave a million dollars to the Wisconsin Democrats right before the election. And uh, so on some level, I do believe that the Democrats, they have a way better ground game, they have a way better messaging campaign, and they know how to mobilize these single-issue, low-information voters, particularly these Gen Z college idiots, uh, that, that much is true. I believe that to a degree. But there's no way that a bunch of single-issue, baby-killer college retards swung this election. There's no way. There, there was definitely fraud in this election. One example of that is with the election machines. We have this Gateway Pundit uh, story where the machine stopped working in Green Bay, Wisconsin officials had to borrow from another county. At the Wisconsin High Stakes Spring Election, as the Wisconsin High Stakes Spring Election came to a close, election officials in Green Bay reported a voting machine malfunction, which caused the city to borrow an election machine from Brown County. City Clerk Celestine Jeffries reported an election machine malfunction at the Green Bay Botanical Garden voting station. After workers noticed the machine stopped working, officials replaced it, but the replacement machine didn't work either. Election officials then tried to replace the new machine with another machine, but that too didn't work. This resulted in city officials to call Brown County to borrow their election machine. So, (laughs) let's get this straight. The machine didn't work, so they replaced it with another machine, which also didn't work. Then they replaced it with another machine, which also didn't work, and then they had to borrow from another county. Now, we don't have a lot of information on the impact of this situation, whether or not it caused voter disenfranchisement, or what the nature of the issue was. We don't exactly know what caused these machines not to work. Maybe it was 19-inch ballot images put on 20-inch paper that caused the machines not to read the ballots. I don't know. But we we, we see a clear example of election machines uh, interfering with yet another election at least on a, a small scale. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing here is that they say that this has been going on for the past several elections. This one area, their machines have failed in the past several elections, and for some reason, they just haven't done anything about it. it it's it's kind of like how Scott Jarrett in Maricopa County testified that the shrink-to-fit issue has been going on for the past several elections and 
we we're doing a root cause analysis, but we still haven't figured it out. So, you know, <laughs> there's one example, but here's the big one. Now, again, this was called out by Representative Janelle Branchin before the election. And it appears that there was a massive bribery scheme in order to swing this Supreme Court from conservative to liberal. Take a look. It was recently learned, this is a statement press release from Janelle Branchin, who says it was recently learned that the group Wisconsin Takes Action is offering $250 to voters to sway their friends to vote for Supreme Court candidate Jeanette uh, Protozoics. Through an app called Empower, the program uses a model based on relational organizing. Wisconsin Takes Action set up an Empower app to attract Wisconsin residents to the polls. Vote for Jeanette Protozoics for Supreme Court judge and reward them with gift cards for taking action. Downloading the app pays voters $30. Providing 75 names with phone numbers or emails in the app pays $60. Each time users reach out to their friends to early vote, make a plan to vote, or make contact on election day, they will get paid in gift cards on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Wisconsin Takes Action seems to have reached out to hundreds, if not thousands, of voters around the state using Zoom calls to commit election bribery under Wisconsin statute. Wisconsin Takes Action and its partners, Wisconsin Conservation Voters, Wisdom, AFT Wisconsin, Next Gen America, Freedom Action Now, have put our 2023 Supreme Court election into question even before ballots have been mailed. So, Janelle Branchin, she was calling this out back in February, but did anybody do anything to stop it? Of course not. No, it continued all the way through. So these people were getting paid $250 gift cards to vote for Jeanette Protozoics. And we're talking about thousands, thousands of these people being paid $250, which is a lot of money. And yet you have to ask, who's running this? Where is this money coming from? You know, how, how, how is this happening? Who is behind this and why is nobody investigating it? This is clear election bribery, and this is enough to flip an election. But <laughs> that's just the way it works. That's the way the cookie crumbles. And also, you know, considering the fact that we had this massive expose from James O'Keefe alongside of Gateway Pundit, uh, exposing the massive money laundering scheme through Act Blue, with these two consequential elections clearly being rigged, because I, I just don't believe that Americans are voting for this, I think we need to do a deep dive into the FEC.gov database and see how many elderly people were exploited in this election. You know, we, we need to go and look at the database and find instances of these retirees that they're stealing their identities and funneling hundreds of thousands of dollars through Act Blue to fund these campaigns, which indicates uh, money laundering. We know that it's happening, and we can assume that it happened in these elections as well. And guys, like I, I warned you guys before this, there was not going to be any hopium. No hopium today. This is all a damn shame, ladies and gentlemen. We have to fix our elections. This all, all of it comes down to election fraud. And until we fix it, America is going to continue to decline and descend into a third world country, a police state, and the Great Reset Agenda is going to continue to accelerate with nothing to stop it. Because that is our power 
as citizens, our, our sacred right to vote. If we don't protect that, if we don't have that, then effectively we have nothing. They can reign over us and, um, oh crap. <laughs> I just pulled up my OBS tab and <laughs> I don't think you guys saw the tabs that I had up on the screen. I'm a tech tard, but I'm, I'm doing my best, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what? This this is a damn shame. Uh, but I got I got to give credit where credit's due. You know, Scott Pressler. If it weren't for him, this Wisconsin Supreme Court race, I wouldn't have even known about it. I, I, I would I wouldn't have even known that this election was going on. And I think a lot of people can say the same. Scott Pressler worked his ass off to prevent this from happening, and it happened anyway. But this dude lived in Wisconsin for over a month, was trudging through a foot of snow to try to register voters and get out the vote. You know, and if it weren't for him, I I don't know, man. But just just think if we had a thousand Scott Presslers. You know, like I said, this is two things. The Democrats, they have their voting machines. They have the Eric voter roll system. They can exploit the mail-in ballots. But at the same time, we have a big problem with the fact that the Democrats have a thousand Scott Presslers and we only have one. And they're kicking our ass in the ground game, in the messaging campaign, and in the massive uh, financial apparatus that they have with the likes of George Soros backing it all. You know, they're able to fund funnel millions of dollars into getting these activists on the street, <laughs> you know, Registering voters, but also bribing people for their votes. Um, and, you know, while I know that election fraud in the voting machines is occurring, I always ask myself, so then why, if they can just rig an election with the click of a button, then why do they spend $50 million trying to get out the vote and put out these propaganda ads to tell you that if you elect Dan Kelly, he's going to force... Uh, pregnant mothers to carry their rapist babies and stuff like that. They spend so much money on the messaging campaign, on the get out the vote uh, organize, organizations. They spend so much money on these elections that it ha- it it has to count for something. Like I I I I I ask myself sometimes if we were to outspend them, outwork them, out ballot harvest them, could we overcome the fraud? And I'd like to believe that we could. I'd like to believe that we could. Because if we can't, then, geez, man, <laughs> we are screwed. Behizzi says, because they want to convince you they're willing, they're, they're willing the ideological war. So he thinks that it's more or less, they put all this money up to, to create a narrative. You know, that they're, they're actually outspending us and out ground gaming us. And it's all a, a smoke and mirrors act to convince us that they're not actually cheating, they're just beating us. I don't know, man. But yes, we need to get rid of the damn machines, paper ballots, hand-counted, all that stuff. Now, um, here's what we're going to do. Now that we've concluded the stories here, we're going to fire up another show over on Locals. That's what we do. It's a live Locals after party. So if you guys want to join... Click that red join button. Go to nickmoseeder.locals.com. I haven't set up the show yet, but I'll do that in a couple minutes. And we are going to just hang out. I'm going to talk to the chat. It's going to be casual, low-key. It's going to be fun. So make sure to um, check us out over there. Now, if you guys 
hate locals for whatever reason because some people just don't like the platform. But you want to support this channel, you can do so over here on Rumble now by becoming a $5 monthly supporter. It's something Rumble uh, set up for content creators and they give 100% of the proceeds to the content creator, which is really cool. So um, if you guys want to support us, you can do it that way. But if you don't want to do either of those things, then at least please smash that rumble button, baby. For my ego. For my ego. I don't think it matters. Like on YouTube, if you get a lot of likes, it boosts your content. On Rumble, I don't think it matters. <laughs> but it does It does matter to my ego. <laughs> I just want to see... I just want to see people click that like button, baby. Ah, so, not so much good news today. But we did have a good laugh about Stormy Daniels bragging about being a freaking cum dumpster. What a low-life P.O.S., man. What a loser. God, man, how filthy can you be? I really hope that Trump didn't bang that chick, man. I really do. Because you got Melania at home. And you're going to tell me... That you're going to step out on Melania for that trash? I don't buy it. I don't think he did it, man. There's no way. <sighs> Melania is sunshine, and Trump ain't got no time for Stormy. Hit that like, baby. All right, check us out on Locals, nickmoseater.locals.com. Thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.